It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast. We're talking to Veronica Morgan from Good Deeds Property Buyers. Welcome to the Real Estate Podcast. Thanks for having me. Great to have you back on. And we're going to look at buying a property in an auction situation. For the buyer, auctions can be a real nightmare to encounter, especially the emotional buyer compared to the investor buyer. So maybe the first thing we should look at is how to set your bidding limit so that you don't overspend. Such a good question. You know, I go to auctions both to bid and also for sport effectively because I just find them fascinating. And the amount of times you see people that are bidding really confidently and then I think, wow, they've just got it all, you know, they've got it all going. They've really got deadpan faces. They're scaring everybody off. But the minute they hit their limit, they really (laughs) show everything and they give the whole game away. And then they keep bidding. You know, so they haven't really set their limit. They've just set a limit of what they'd like to pay, not what they would if they had to. And that is an absolute critical difference with the way most buyers go to auction versus the way I would go to auction or the way I would encourage a client or any or one of our students in Home Buyer Academy. In order to set your limit, I, so I talk about four pillars, right? First is you've got to understand what the property is worth in the current market. So you do need to do your comparable sales analysis and work out really where does that property sit in relation to everything else and how unique and scarce is it? How good is it as an asset and how hotly contested would that be versus something that might not be as good an asset? And so you're sort of trying to apply a real um, objective lens to it. And then on the subjective side, you've got to look at, well, how uniquely does it suit your needs? And you know, how long are you likely to wait, have to wait for something else that's going to suit your needs as well as this particular one? So therefore, will you push yourself harder for this one than you would for something else? And then lastly, of course, the other subjective pillar, if you like, or the, or the corner of this is that you do have to look at your limit, you know, what, and that's subjective to you because it's it's your budget, it's what you can afford. And when you sort of consider those four elements, you really need to stress test that before you go to the auction, before you under the pressure of an auction, before FOMO is rampaging in your, in your brain, you need to actually think, okay, push come to shove, what would I pay if I had to? because that's the price you need to have in your head you know what price will I walk away from this property I know I won't want to but what price will I if you have that in your head before you go to auction you will be a lot better at bidding at auction and you will be more successful than if you go there with the limit being what you hope to pay for it and auctioneers if you actually look at an auctioneer they're they're highly skilled they're highly trained individuals and what is on the surface might not necessarily be flushed out underneath in terms of what the the buyer needs to know. So perhaps we could step through a few things that the auctioneer does that will make you bid more when maybe you don't want to. <laughs> I've seen some amazing, you know, mastery in this, you know, with some auctioneers that they role play and they practice and they do dialogue and they're like you know they're in or they're on autopilot when they're up there they know how to read a room a buyer is completely unmatched for that nobody prepares to the same extent 
that an auctioneer does. So I watch them and one of the things that they will do, for instance, is to make it look like it's going to be sold well before the reserve has been hit. And they do that by, you know, calling going once, going twice, going three times, right? So they will try to bluff and flush out somebody who's definitely wants to buy it and certainly at that price, they want to get them bidding. They don't want everyone waiting until it's on the market. So that is one thing. So when you go and watch auctions where you're not bidding, you can be a lot more objective about what's going on. And you can usually see with most auctioneers, even the best ones, the way in which they do that call when it's before reserve is very different to after. So they're trying to create urgency, but they lack the conviction because they know it's not going to sell. Whereas after the reserve has been met, you watch them and the conviction they have when generating that urgency, it's different. But buyers often can't tell the difference. So that's one thing. And they will also use dialogue that actually alludes to the price and tries to set you up. So it's called anchoring. You know, they'll, they'll drop figures in that sort of give you a sense. They'll be suggesting that, you know, properties around this area might be other properties like this would be selling for $2 million for argument's sake. And they'll drop these figures in and they are designed to be these anchoring figures in your mind so that you're more unlikely to increase you know, your expectations in terms of what you might be prepared to pay up to that level. So there's a lot of these really subtle things that they do. The other thing that they do, and they will they will hone in on an actual uh, particular bidder when they feel that there is um, more, you know, they're watching body language. So they, they think that person's got more in them. They're going to talk to them differently to somebody else who they think is absolutely spent. And they're also going to be mindful that that person who's actually absolutely spent isn't probably going to come in with another bid on top of whatever the other guy does. And so they're going to then suggest a higher bid, the stronger bidder. So there's little things like that, that because they are fully aware of by reading that room and what a lot of buyers don't do, the auctioneer can see everybody. The buyers stand there and position themselves to watch the auctioneer. They don't position themselves to watch other buyers. And if you did, you actually start to see it play out sort of in 3D rather than 2D. You know, you raise a really good point because the the buyer is under the pump somewhat because they've got to be paying attention to the auctioneer, but they've also got to be watching the bidders. Who are some of the bidders to watch out for, do you think, at auction time? <laughs> it's funny you say that too about, you know, buyers are under the pump because I've seen buyers bid against themselves. I've seen buyers lose count of where they're up to. Um, I've seen all sorts of crazy things, you know, in terms of buyers just completely getting themselves all confused. So there is a lot to pay attention to, no doubt. And some of those bidders that you have to be sort of mindful of, I always love the testosterone bidder is what I call it. It's like the alpha male. And, you know, okay, you can get alpha females too, but, you know, often you can pick the sort of their strutting body language, but also though there's certain types of bidders that actually just bid to win. And the actual value of the property seems to vanish. It flies out the window, you know, because for them it's a contest. Now, they're a really difficult person to bid against. And, and I have made the mistake in previous years, years gone by, where... I've tried to pit myself against them to, to fight them, but that doesn't really work. And so because they just get more aggressive, you know, so there's there's those types of buyers. You've also got the bank of mum and dad buyer. You know, you've got dad often, I'm sort of putting the finger here at the, the males, but often it's dad trying to prove something. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, they're a dangerous bidder to come up against as well. <laughs> and then you've got the bidders that, that they just missed out on something else or they have just sold. So there's certain people with money that burns a, a, big, a brighter hole in their pocket than others. So these are all sort of good to watch out for. 
I think what people don't realise is you don't have to follow a pattern when you bid, whereas you'll see most people that bid big and then gradually the bids will get smaller and then they'll just be in 1,000s or 2,000s or whatever for quite some time. I, I was at an auction the other day where $200,000 went by in mostly $1,000 bids. It was ridiculous. The underbidder had actually said they were out at, at sort of $150,000 mark. Uh, you know, before it sold, right? So there was extra $150,000 to go. They said they were out and abs- the auctioneer enticed them back in the game and they kept bidding ones and twos for another 150000 mm. Now, if that highest bidder, incidentally, was a buyer's agent, I was a bit shocked actually about how their lack of strategic bidding here, but if that highest bidder had actually slammed them with a maybe a 10, maybe a 20 at that, at that mark, that property would have sold for significantly less because that person wouldn't have felt they could get into that. They wouldn't have got into that rhythm. And they do. Buyers get lulled into this idea of just one more might buy it. One more. It's only a one. It's only a 2,000 that might buy it. And when FOMO is going off in their brain, they're often not thinking rationally. So watching for that is really important because there are times in an auction where you can strike and you can strike decisively and you can actually, you can, you can cut it off. You know, FOMO is also a really big problem because the the brain seems to be working in a completely different way when people go into these auctions. So there's a lot of bizarre activity that is taking place. So I'm sure that you can share with our listeners some of the bizarre things that you've seen people do at an auction. Well, I mentioned earlier that people bid against themselves and, you know, they they... Even I remember one auction where this woman didn't just bid against herself. She was about to be sold to her. <laughs> and um, literally the hammer was about to drop for the third time and she goes, five. She bids another five. As at that final point where she was going to buy the property and the auctioneer actually said to her, Madam, you're actually about to buy this property. You don't need to bid again. <laughs> and I just thought that she had so caught up in panic and was, oh, she just obviously clocked out, zoned out. So that was quite funny. And another thing that I've seen, I've seen a couple of people do this and I tell you what, it's just it doesn't pay not to bid if you want to buy a property. You know, you get these these people that they're, they're going to hang around to the last minute and they reckon that, you know, they can outsmart everybody else. And, and I've seen it happen where people actually – make their first bid and it's like split second after the hammer has fallen. They're trying to play it way too cool. They missed out entirely because once the hammer has fallen, the property is sold and they were just trying to be too smart. So people do all sorts of crazy things at auction, trying to beat the system. Well, Veronica, some great tips there. Great to talk to you and thanks again for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast. My absolute pleasure. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.